Well, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bottled Up Podcast. Slightly shorter than usual. We're changing things up now, but we're recording this after the truck race, which is the weekly promise, as we like to cover the trucks here on this channel. Sometimes it's only when Anthony Alfredo races, because we are uh, the official Anthony Alfredo podcast, officially endorsed by him. Not officially endorsed by him, but I'm sure if I asked him, he would say yes. So we'll see about that coming up in the future. But speaking of the Truck Series race, what a great win for Brett Moffitt. Gets another win this season, wraps it on up at Bristol. Had a great battle there at the end with the 51 truck. Not Christian Eckes, Chandler Smith, but had a fantastic battle going there. Started on the pole, finished in first place for Brett Moffitt, driver of the number 24, locks himself into the next round of the playoffs. Ross Chastain finished third. That was a uh, great run for him. Chandler Smith, as mentioned, finished second. Stuart Friesen in fourth. Grant Enfinger in fifth. Sheldon Creed in sixth. Having a great run there. Started in 24th, actually, and finished sixth. Matt Crafton started from 11th, finished seventh. Ben Rhodes in 8th. Todd Gilliland started 17th, finished 9th, and uh, now he's starting to pick up a season. Now that the playoffs have started, boy, that's uh, going to be interesting next season. Who's going to be in the KBM rides? That's going to be quite uh, the silly season talk. And speaking of silly season talk, we're going to get to that right after we round out the top 10 with Austin Hill, Parker Kligerman, someone who's always interesting to watch in his part-time, start, part-time starts in the trucks. Uh, in the 75 truck this week, started 12th, finished 13th, so a solid run there. I guess that's underfunded equipment. Tyler Ankrum is probably the big loser of the night, started 5th, finished 20th. Uh, Natalie Decker, 25th. Harrison Burton, 23rd. I'm just going through and grabbing the big names off of the list, but... Because I don't, I don't know how many people listening are like... I, I don't know how many tweets I'm going to get saying, Well, uh, where did Jennifer Jo Cobb finish? Uh, where where did Jesse Little finish? What about Angela Rock? You know, Sam Meyer. Where did he finish? I want to know that. Landon Hoffman. Where was he? Uh, Landon was 16th. But, anyways, it's Bristol weekend, and it's hard to bet against Kyle Busch. As much as I hate to say it, uh, my thoughts on Kyle Busch are well documented here on the podcast. Uh, I think he's a fantastic driver. I wish he was nicer to fans. I wish he treated fans better than he does. And, frankly, his attitude is, I, I guess, almost needed in the sport. But at the same time, it should be somebody else, not him. It should be the attitude of someone more up-and-coming who's sort of kicking things up where they really shouldn't be making an impact, where nobody was really expecting it, and not the the arrogant attitude of somebody who's already you know done so much and it granted is having a great season, but is not on an absolutely killer performance like we've seen in the past. He's sort of stalled out as of late, it seems. But he continues that attitude all the time. But hey, you know, he's got a couple of beefs with different drivers. William Byron, Bubba Wallace, both of which drove for him in the truck series, interestingly enough. And he, Kyle thinks that should maybe get him a bit more leeway on the track as if they're not competitors. But hey teach their own. That's that's Kyle Busch's personality right there. But as I mentioned, silly season, that is, it's going to be crazy this year. Already we're seeing the beginning inklings of what could come in the in the future. Matt Benedetto is confirmed to be out of the 95, which if you listened in to my interview with Matt Benedetto, was not at all what he was expecting, what I was expecting from it. 
I mean, it was just a couple weeks ago in New Hampshire that he said, yep, I plan on being with this team at least for the next year, probably the next couple years. You know, I see myself keeping the spot, especially with how well I've been running. And frankly, that's what I expected as well. But it's not his decision on when he stays. It's not Bob Levine's decision. It's all on Joe Gibbs. And Christopher Bell needs that cup ride. He's a good, strong candidate for... He's probably going to take over, similar to how Eric Jones ran a year over at Furniture Row. But this time, it's going to just be a single-car operation there for Bell with, you know, Gibbs paying the bills on it, essentially. But where does that leave Matt Benedetto? Well, what a lot of people are saying is front-row motorsports. I would not be shocked if he wound up there now that David Reagan is retiring from full-time competition. He said he's open to some part-time rides, which would be very, very interesting. Front Row Motorsports is a team that brings drivers in. Drivers don't pay their way in. It's similar to the 95 where they have pro core sponsoring them, Dumont Jets. They sponsor the team, not necessarily the driver. So pro core is not going to follow Matt DiBenedetto. Dumont Jets is not going to follow DiBenedetto. Just like they didn't follow Casey Kane over to the dirt, you know, racing outlaws, they stayed with the team, and that's what they're signed to. So Front Row Motorsports, it's like love gas stations. When Landon Castle left, they still run those cars, and it seems that those companies sponsor the team, not the driver per se. So Matt Benedetto is probably your top guy, the guy at the top of your list if you are a team that has companies that pay you to have their name on the card, not necessarily a name associated with the driver, if that's phrased correctly. And if it's not, you know where to tweet at me, at Followed Up Radio, or find me on Facebook there as well. Just got to throw in those social media plugs. But essentially, what that boils down to is Matt Benedetto is your go-to guy because he doesn't have companies that sponsor him personally. He's not bringing the money in. But you know if you put him in the seat, he's going to get the maximum performance out of that car. You're going to get fans that come with it because he's a very popular guy. And you know you're going to bring the car home in one piece because he doesn't really wreck the cars very often. He brings the cars home in one piece. He runs solid top 10. He, he'll run a top 30 car to a top 20 finish on, on good weeks. And he's just, that's his specialty. I don't think Toyota is going to cling to him to the extent that they would prevent him from going to another team. But if Toyota steps in and says, we want to keep De Benedetto, he will probably go down and run the JGR Xfinity, probably the 18, maybe get Brandon Jones out of the seat, who knows. But that's another, that's a whole other conversation on what's going to happen with him. I don't see him going, De Benedetto going to the trucks, but a solid Xfinity ride and a solid way to contend for the Xfinity Championship, yeah, I would absol- I could absolutely see that, and I would absolutely see him as one of the favorites to win it. But I think he's going to want to stay up there in the Cup. He-, he wants to get a win more than anything. I mean, he put his career on the line last year just for a chance to have a shot at running at wins that he has now with Levine Family Racing. Matt Benedetto wants to win. It's clear as day. But will he get that opportunity? Who knows? Another thing I did want to bring up, we're going to delve a bit into the short track life here. Originally, there was a poll up on Twitter, at Followed Up Radio. If you follow me there, you would know about this and probably voted in the poll. But we had a poll going on who would be on this week's episode. If it would be a local driver or like a Cup Series driver, that you're a NASCAR driver, one of the top three series. And I think it was like a 60-40 vote, probably 55-45% vote on a local driver. And so I went to Mike Flynn, driver of the number 54 SK Light at Thompson and Stafford Motor Speedway, 
and I, you know, we had the whole interview set up. We were going to get it done. And on Wednesday night, he was racing over at Thompson and actually got taken out. And just another incident, probably the third time this year, I believe it is, that he's just been absolutely, he's come home with a wrecked car. Um, in an incident that just wasn't his fault. He's just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I, I don't say that often, but gosh, you want a team that is just nothing. It's If it's not bad luck, then it's no luck at all. And it's it's really hard to see. So they're not going to be racing at Stafford. I sort of, I didn't I go after the interview after this. Mikey will for sure be on the show. He wants to be on. I would love to have him on. It's just after the car getting completely destroyed, and now he's not racing Friday at Stafford. I I felt that he's going to want some time to focus on the car and not basically not come on the show and talk about how great racing is and all that when his car is sitting in the garage in pieces because he got wrecked. So Mikey will be on the show. We have Mike Christopher Jr., another Mike, driver of the number 82 SK Modified at Stafford and Thompson, the nephew of the late, great Ted Christopher, probably the greatest modified driver of all time, has the most wins at Stafford, over 100, and had 99 wins at Thompson. And Mike Christopher Jr. got a win there earlier this year, dedicated the win to his Uncle Ted, gave him the 100th win. But So he will be on the show. That will be next week's episode, will be Mike Christopher Jr., he is a very busy guy, very busy construction worker when he's not working on the car or racing the car. Absolutely great guy. He's had a bit of a rough season as well. He's yet to win at Stafford. He is my pick to win tomorrow night. What is what is my tomorrow night, August 17th? And I will be tweeting about all of this, all the stuff at Stafford, because it will be my last night there tomorrow night. So if you want to hear about that, that is over on my Twitter at Bottled Up Radio. Give me a follow over there. We do giveaways on occasion. We just we talk with fans all the time. We have discussions, not necessarily debates. There's not much arguing that goes on. But what's nice is having an engineering background. We have I have a lot of great discussions with people. We were talking about why the cars don't have the flames out the side anymore when they're going into corners. That was a great discussion had the other day on Twitter. And people jump in and contribute and sometimes there's race engineers, everything else. It's it's really cool. I love having those discussions over there with, with fans of the show and pretty much I, I guess friends of mine now that we I meet through Twitter and have a great have the luxury of, of knowing and it's just fantastic to do it. The pleasure of knowing I should say. But I will be tweeting it out. Yeah, tomorrow is my last night at Stafford. It's been an absolutely unbelievable experience being a, being an announcer. And the story of how I ended up there was it was the beginning of the summer. It was like week two of the summer for me. I took the first week, and I sort of just chilled. And I was like, man, this is going to be the best summer ever. It's going to be great. And the first week, I just did nothing. And the second week, I was like, oh, i got to find a job. So I went out, and I looked for a job. And I actually I was driving around, and I called Stafford on Bluetooth. I Bluetooth in my car. And I used Bluetooth, and I called them. And I'm like, hey, are you guys hiring anyone over the summer for, like, full time? They go, no. I go, any paid positions whatsoever? They go, no. I was like, okay. Do you mind if I go up and drop off a resume? They go, no. We don't mind. So I went up there. I had nothing better to do that day. So I drove up, dropped off a resume, and I, they were looking it over, and they're like, oh, you have a podcast? I go, yep. They go, you have a radio show. Yep. And you've worked on these cars before? Yep. Do you want to be our broadcast intern? What would I be doing? 
well, you can be a pit road announcer if you'd like, but we just need help with, you know, the replays and, and broadcasting and just being a member of the media team. Do you want to do that? Yep. So I wound up there the first weekend there, the first Friday night there. I was actually in the media trailer. I was watching replays and helping figure out which replays to send up to the booth. And from there, I was like, hey, I, I want I go, I want to be behind a microphone. And they're like, okay, yeah, sure. Three behind a microphone. The team there are, it's just the best group of people in the world, especially Paul Root, um, vice president uh, of, I guess, of operations there. Also driver of the number 82 late model, works there. His parents own the track, uh, Mark and Lisa Root. Jack Root is the original owner. Mark is his son. And Lisa's his wife. They own the track. Then there's Paul Root and David Root. Their sons, they are both vice presidents there, various things. And they just do, the Root family does an incredible job of running the track. And they just, they gave me an opportunity this summer to get behind a microphone for the first time at the the legendary Stafford Motor Speedway. And the amount of things I've learned is just unbelievable. Uh, I got to work, what was a really cool experience was just working with the other members of the team. I got to meet Kyle Ricky in person, someone who I've grown up listening to on MRN, and work side by side with him and be treated a- as an equal, really. Uh, we were both doing the same job. He goes, which side, what was really cool is he asked me, which side of pit road do you want to cover? And that sort of made me realize, like, oh, this is something I'm actually doing. I'm getting actual credibility and respect for my job because I'm actually doing this job. I may be an intern on paper, but they're seeing me as an equal. And it was just a really humbling, mind-blowing experience to be able to work with the people that I worked with, John and Dave and Matt and Van up in the booth. It's just, it's it's unbelievable. Nicole does a fantastic job over on the Facebook page. She does all the videos post-race, the pre-race web hits she does. It's just the whole team there works so hard to put together a great show every Friday night, and I think it's just some of the best racing in the world. I also went slightly viral by asking Doug Covey, uh, by using the word heartbroken around Doug Covey and getting him um, effing very upset, uh, to put it kindly, and to keep my uh, non-explicit rating on I-rating. Uh, on I-rating, wow. On iTunes. <laughs> non-explicit rating on iTunes. So, yeah. I got my vi- mini viral fame there off of that, so thank you, Doug Kobe. He actually won the Thompson Modified Race, the Tour Mod Race, uh, last Wednesday of this week, so that would have been August 14th. He won it at Thompson Motor Speedway, just absolutely killed it for the beginning of the race, fell off the pace a little bit, and then came back at the end on a late race restart. Ron Silk had some issues, which took him to the garage. Big night in the point standings for him. And overall, just a, uh, a good race for Doug Kobe. He was a lot a lot less angry this time around in, in uh, victory lane. So I hope the Thompson announcer had a good enough time, but... Yeah, Stafford Motor Speedway, my time there is coming to an end. I've been invited back for next summer, and if I'm back in Massachusetts and not working for a NASCAR team, I am all there. I have made that promise to them. But it's, uh, yeah, if you are within driving distance of Stafford Motor Speedway, every Friday night you should go. It's I cannot recommend it enough with how great of a show it is, just the... The, the work done behind the scenes to ensure everyone has a great time is phenomenal. And the racing product is just unbelievable. Some of the best racing I've ever seen 
it's amazing that I get to go in and watch it for free and get to tell people about it, you know, with a mic in my face. It's pretty incredible. But we're not going to ramble on about that for the entirety of the episode here. If you want to know more about Stafford Motor Speedway, they go and visit their Facebook page. They have point standings on there, the weekly penalty reports, all the information you could possibly need. If you're a first-time fan, go over there, check them out, and you will have a good enough understanding of what's going on. we got the 50-lap race coming up, and the results of that will be tweeted out. It's going to be tough to beat Tom Fern. It's uh, it's always tough to beat Tom Fern. He drives the number 92 late model there. Maybe Ryan Fern can finally put a great race together. He's had some great runs, but just bad luck. I mean, there was one week where just the front suspension just failed on the car, and he drives the number 12 late model. Or it could be Adam Gray, who put on an absolutely dominant performance last week in the number 97, won it by a straightaway in about 10 laps he pulled away by a straightaway. It was unbelievable. He said if he got one win at Safford, that was going to be it for the rest of the season, but he's back for the Gambler's Challenge, and it's going to be some great racing. So if you want to hear more about that it's and Stafford Motor Speedway, go check out Stafford's Facebook page. Go check out the Bottled Up Facebook page and check out the Bottled Up Twitter at Bottled Up Radio. But you probably already know that because that's the fourth time I'm mentioning this episode. So if you've got any thoughts, you know, criticisms of the show, I, I am an adult. I can take criticism. I understand. Let me know what you're thinking over on social media. Always a great time. Thank you all so much for listening in, and I truly hope you've enjoyed another episode of the Bottled Up Podcast.